It's the economy, stupid. That's what James Carvel said in 1992. And then again, when President Bill Clinton was not just elected the first time, but the second time. And those words ring true now as they did then. In 2015, the economy is the most important thing on Americans' minds. But the economy is a huge umbrella that has so many things, uh, you know, job creation, uh, the unemployment rate, um, and, and one thing that right now Democrats are definitely focusing on and have benefited from in past elections focusing on, as we saw Bill de Blasio in New York City as an example, which is the disparity in wages, the continuing growing gap between rich and poor that really pushes middle class out and annihilates the middle class in the future of our country, the inequality in income in this country. Now, Hillary Clinton is talking about it, focusing on it. I'm paraphrasing something I saw on Facebook today. Senator Bernie Sanders said, interestingly enough, and it's weird I say interesting enough because he's running against Hillary Clinton. Listen to what he said on, on Facebook. He said that corporations are worrying about Hillary's emails. Corporations are worried about you know, who's emailing Hillary, who she's emailing, Hillary's emails. One of the corporations worry about how much more money they make and how much they're contributing to the income inequality in this country, to the income gap between rich and poor, that 1% between – isn't that interesting? I mean, he's running against her, and even he's saying, you know what, these corporations care more about – her emails than they do about the fact that they are ruining the middle class. They are hurting the American working class. They are hurting the majority of American people with their wealth and with not putting that money back into America and with that 1% controlling the power and the money and continuing to do so and by such a huge increase percentage-wise. And it continues to grow. And there are studies that show that income inequality will hurt a country, a government, a society. And that growing gap, that growing disparity in wages is hurting us, America. And many people say it's the most important And numero uno and should be number one item on every politician's mind. And that every politician should address, should have a plan for combating, turning around, changing the dynamic of left or right. Whether it's Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders or every single Republican, because it seems like every single Republican's running in the GOP for the Republican presidential nomination. Is income inequality the most important issue for you, America? And if not, what is? I'm talking about right now in 2015 with a presidential election a little over a year away from us. year and a half, approximately. Less. You tell me. What is the most important issue for you as an American, for you as a taxpayer, for you as a voter? 
polls show income inequality is very high. And that's something that both left and right, something Democrats and Republicans, and even those who don't want to align themselves with a label like D or R, can agree. It's the economy, stupid. And we're stupid if we do not address the continuing and growing divide between rich and poor and what it's doing to the majority of this country right there in the middle, that middle class, that working class, that income inequality needs to be and will be the issue in this next election. Pick up the phone and join me. 8886-LESLIE, 8886-53-7543 is the number. I'm going to tell you something. I love history. And there are two people in France that were named Louis and Marie who lost their heads over such an issue. When we look at history and when you ignore the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer, and when you ignore that that gap and that divide continues to shrink and I fear will eventually dissolve everything in the middle. That is the majority. That's most of us. That's the middle class. That's the working class. That's most of us. That's you and me, right? Now, as the rich get richer, the poor get poorer, what happens to the middle class? You think most of us in that middle, most of you in that middle are going to be on the rich get richer side? No. It will become like the bourgeoisie. It will become the rich and the poor. It will become a nation. We, America, will become a nation of haves and have-nots. I fear that's where we're headed, America. And that's why I have to say that when I look at all issues on a domestic level, certainly ISIS taking over by force and beheading people for their caliphate is one of the biggest issues and threats, I believe, uh, to our security on an international level. But when we look at domestic issues, I believe that income inequality is number one. And it's not just an issue that will come and go. It's an issue that will continue to be discussed and addressed. Now, I know some people don't agree with me. They think climate change is number one. I know there are some people that think trade, TPP, or the Keystone Pipeline, I mean, the list goes on. But no, I do believe, I, Leslie Marshall, believe that income inequality is the number one issue because it is the biggest threat to America, to our society, to our families, to our economy, to our way of life because it threatens the most amount of people by threatening we, the people in the middle, the majority, the middle class, the working class. In 2008, there was a different unifying issue. And there was an issue that unified presidential candidates, and it was that downward spiraling economy. But in 2015, I feel what unites us, whether we're left or right, whether we're Democrat or Republican, is the fact that we know there is a growing disparity in wages. It's hurting our country. It's hurting our economy. And it's chiseling away at the middle class. And it's pushing into that have and have not. It's making the rich richer and the poor poorer and unfortunately growing how many people are considered poor or impoverished in America in 2015. 
But in 2008, presidential candidates, voters, workers, corporate executives, all were in the same mindset regarding the economy and that downward spiral. Now, you know, in politics, people are always going to disagree about who's to blame. Who's to blame for the downward spiral? Who's to blame for the economy? How do we fix it? Of course, there's an area that people differ. We have been in the past historically, and I love history, on the verge of a meltdown. But we are on the verge of a meltdown again. If you are rich, you will still suffer. If you are in the middle, you will suffer. And if you are poor, you will suffer if we do not turn things around. Now, I could have in 2008 said that same sentence. We were going to suffer if we did not turn things around. That was just seven years ago. Things are turning around. Unemployment is no longer in double digits. Some people would say it's bearable, almost normal, approximately hovering around 5.5%. The economy growing, albeit at a slow pace, steadily. New jobs, well, those are being created. And by the way, if you look at the latest uh, labor report and the reports that have been in the past quarter, at a very fast rate, of course, April was disappointing, okay? Um, But there are more than 200,000 new jobs per month that have come into the market for more than a year consistently now. We're no longer in that great recession. Most Americans don't feel that we're on the brink of economic disaster or living right in the aftermath of an economic disaster. So if you're on the lower end of the economy or in the middle of the economy, There are people that have questions. There are people that we have seen out there, 99ers. And there are people that have questions, though, and continue not to have answers to this question. Let Let me pose this. Why are the people at the top making so much while others who are full time have to rely on federal assistance to buy food or or, or afford housing? Why in 2015, with a nation as wealthy as America, the United States of America, do we have people that are on food stamps who work a full-time job? People on food stamps were two people, two heads of the household. Mom and the dad work a full-time job and still got to get food stamps to feed their two or three children, their family of five or even four. Now, income inequality is not a new issue, but it is an issue that's risen to the top under that umbrella of the economy, stupid, and it certainly is an issue this campaign season. Whether you're a Democrat or Republican, presidential candidates in both parties are addressing it in speeches. Once again, like back in 2008, they have different prescriptions for this problem, different solutions to this problem, and different ideas, philosophies, and plans to narrow the wealth gap. This question has entered into debates among our Senate and our House, and even on a state level. Tax cuts, 
raising the minimum wage, which is becoming more popular just done this week in Los Angeles. Imposing conditions on government assistance dollars or taking hatchets to those or even giving the president fast track authority to negotiate an international trade pact. Income inequality is huge on the economic spectrum and hit parade as a campaign issue. So being that you're going to vote and being that these are your tax dollars and being that you're looking at these candidates and being that you most likely listening to my voice are the most affected by income inequality. And if you're not now, you will be at some point in the future. Where does income inequality rank for you in this next presidential election? You tell me, America, where does income inequality rank for you in the next presidential election? I, Leslie Marshall, say it's number one for me. Where does income inequality rank for you in the next presidential election? Income inequality, where should it be and uh, should it be number one? I think it should be number one or high up there. If you don't believe it's number one, I do believe. I'm Leslie Marshall. What do you say? Uh, We're talking about income inequality and if it is numero uno, where does income inequality rank for you in this next presidential election? 8886-LESLIE, 8886-537-543 is the number. Let's go to the calls and start it out in Washington on line five with Paul. Paul, good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Leslie. Well, we're 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 in total agreement today. <laughs> Amazing. We, were... we haven't been for weeks now. No, no, that's <laughs> not true. The other day we were not, but we are in total agreement today. And I can answer your first question: Is why are the rich getting so rich and the poor getting so poor? Well, think of it this way: the economy, other than economic growth, the economy is a zero-sum game. It's just a matter of distribution, and so I mean. The, and as Bernie, economic growth can be anywhere from 1.5%, which would be very sluggish, to 3.5%, which would be almost inconceivably robust. But when, as Bernie Sanders says, 90% of our economic growth has gone to the top 1%, so for 2014, 2.2% economic growth uh, was about $450 billion. 90% of that went to the top 1%. So the bottom, the, the, the middle class got none of it. None of it. And Hang on, Paul. We've got to take a quick break. Hang on. And, I, I, you know, you had a pause there. So I'm going to let you uh, finish your thought and chat with you about it after this quick break. If you're holding hang tight, if you want to join us, line available at 8886-LESLIE. Where does income inequality rank for you? Where do you think it should rank in this upcoming presidential election season? And we're back. We're talking about income inequality. And I'm asking you, where does it rank or where should it rank this presidential election campaign season? 8886-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. We were talking with Paul in Washington online five. Paul, thanks for holding. Welcome back. Please continue. Yeah, just to reiterate, I'm 100% with Leslie Marshall on this issue. And as I... You you think it's number one? I think it's absolutely number one. And and why do you you feel that way as a voter? Well, let's look at some... Economic uh, security is what we all have to worry about. And our economic security having to do with, say, social security. The reason social security is going to need some uh, tweaks and changes in the future is because in the last 35 years, Wages have gone down in this country. Wages have gone down. And what down. about somebody who would say, yeah, but Paul, in cities like San Francisco and Chicago and now um, Los Angeles, uh, the minimum wage has been increased and we're seeing a, a trend of consideration uh, nationwide regarding that. Yeah, that's a good start. That's exactly what we need. And, and Seattle as well. 
fifteen dollars. We we need to raise wages. The minimum wage also helps other wages. You know, uh, um, mid wages go up, and we need to raise wages, and we need a resurgence of unions. You, you know, if, if look at the minimum wage. If you don't believe in the minimum wage, here's a little bit of history for you, Leslie. Consider this: if you don't believe in the minimum wage, you have to believe in a period of American history between about 1880 and 1938, when America was not an agricultural economy, became a wage-based economy, and there was no minimum wage. And who got rich? The Rockefellers, J. Paul Getty, uh, uh, Andrew Carnegie. They got rich, but the people that worked for them did not. And look what happened. In 1920 was the tipping point when more than half the people lived in cities, not on farms anymore. And what happened in 1929? The whole thing crashed, and not because of the minimum wage. It was New Deal politics. That helped us. That created not created the the uh, middle class. There's always been a middle class. The middle class has been merchants, <coughs> excuse me, and professionals. But it was a very small middle class. I mean, go back to Ebenezer Scrooge was an example of the middle class. But he employed one person who he didn't pay very well. So there's been a middle class, but it didn't become a huge middle class until FDR and the New Deal. And the minimum wage was established at 25 cents an hour in 1938. You know what people were making before that? In 1938, before that, women working in laundries, 60 hours a week, were making five cents an hour. Okay, but Paul, we I don't have time to go from them to now. Okay, so let's talk about 2015. Sure. You fe- so you feel the income inequality is number one, and what is the way that we change this is increasing the minimum wage part of a multifaceted approach and solution to this problem. I think there's three things. We need to increase the minimum wage. We need a, a union revolution. And we need to raise taxes on people who have the money. And that, that, I'm sorry, that means I'm with Bernie Sanders. That means the wealthy. As, as uh, Bernie Sanders said to Bill O'Reilly, <coughs> Bill O'Reilly asked him, how much am I going to be paying? And Bernie Sanders said, a hell of a lot more than you are now. <laughs> so I support that completely. Yeah, but you know, but many many people like the Clinton. Bill Clinton one time said, "I want to thank the Republicans for making me so uh, so much wealthier." Uh, when they had you know passed those tax credits, uh, you know, for the wealthy after he got that huge amount of money from the uh, the advance and then the sale of his book uh, years ago. But there are people very wealthy like the Clintons or even you know like Bill Gates or Warren Buffett who say, "Look, I'm you know I'm will I want to pay more." The patriotic millionaires of which uh, Charlie Fink, uh, who's been on the program and one of those members and many others have been on the program uh, to talk about uh, in the past. I I mean, just, you know, there are people out there who are rich who don't want to get richer. Paul, thank you. Always uh, great uh, comments that you have. I'm glad we agree today. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Manny in Massachusetts. Oh, Manny, you left us. Manny, give us a buzz back. We go to Dave in Humboldt County, line one. Dave, good afternoon. Well, Leslie, I certainly do agree with just about everything I heard from Paul, which means I find myself in almost total agreement with you, which doesn't always happen, like Paul. But I would say that uh, if not the very top priority is certainly close. The wealth inequality is uh, outrageous, and it's getting worse and worse. And I think I'm speaking as a psychologist that has to do a lot with human nature and how much of a factor is greed. I'm fortunate myself. I live in a really good area. Uh, progressive area, big liberal university. We have more registered Greens than we have Republicans, which is just a wonderful place. But I, I, I think most people 
if you ask them, what do you need? What is your wealth level? People say, I want to have a decent place to live. I want to have adequate food. I want to have a decent car. I like to be able to take an occasional vacation. I want to have my medical care needs met. And pretty much says that. But if somebody says to you, wouldn't you also like to have a mansion overlooking the country club? Well, gee, that would be nice. And how about a corporate jet in your backyard with your own runway to take you to your mansion in Hawaii? Well, I suppose that would be nice. But I think most everybody I know says, I don't need all that stuff. Not when I look out and I see people that don't have adequate medical care, that don't have, you know, enough food to eat. That that I don't need a corporate jet. In my well, yeah, yeah. There are a lot of people out there who say, you know, how much, you know, stuff uh, can uh, can you have? And, and and there are wealthy people who do not act like this. And, you know, I've mentioned some of those. Dave, uh, thank you uh, for your comments uh, on this issue. Appreciate it. 8886-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. When we finish with the call, that's your Q2 call through. Pick up the phone and join us. I'm going to take some more of your calls, but I want to remind you of some of the questions I've posed and uh, ask those once again. I'm asking you, we have a presidential election coming up. You're going to help to make a decision as to who gets the Democratic nomination, who gets the Republican nomination. And then you're going to help to make that decision via your vote, and yes, I do believe your one vote counts, as to who will be elected president. That person has to have a top three, five, or ten issues. What should the number one issue, what do you want your candidate's number one issue to be and why? I get tired of the apathy in this country, I got to tell you. We're so quick to, you know, you know, hang back and, you know, be chilled, but then bitch about it when things don't go our way. But we never talked about what our way was and why. So tell me now, what is and what should the number one issue be? What do you want to hear the candidates putting at the top? And does income inequality rank up high for you? And, and do you want to hear the candidates talking about it, talking about why it's a bad thing, talking about how we address it? And how we change the dynamic going forward. 8886 Leslie, 8886537543 is the number. You know, maybe the reason the people at the top make so much money is because they know the people in the middle and at the bottom just shut up and lay there and take it and put welcome on their forehead like a friggin' doormat. Think so? Seriously. Why? President Bill Clinton, when asked why he did what he did with Monica Lewinsky, one of the most honest answers that he finally gave was because I could. Because I could. Why are the people at the top making so much money while others work full time and still rely on federal assistance to buy food stamps and affordable housing? Because they can. Because they know that Less than half the people are registered to vote vote. Because they know we're apathetic. Because they know we love to bitch and moan and whine and complain, but we don't get up off our ass and do anything about it in addition to voting. Or calling a talk show and talking about why this is an issue. Or even knowing what your issue is and not just voting based on a D or an R, a blue or a red. I like that guy. I like his haircut or his tie. Why are people at the top making so much money 
because nobody stops them. And if we address income inequality, you will be stopping them. Do you want to stop them? Do you think that others in this country, the middle class and the lower class, do you you get tired of the rich getting richer? Because they know you're tired of it, but they know most of you won't do anything about it. The 99 percenters may have been mocked and ridiculed by people on the right, even corporations. And you know why? Because they knew they wouldn't do anything. No offense, but they didn't. Oh, you can pitch tents and you can protest and you can bitch and moan and whine and complain. But I constantly said what? You have got to take action. One thing the Tea Party did is they, they, they organized, they met, they were vocal, and then what? They put it into action. Legislation. Politicians. They got their voices heard. Now, you don't think somebody running for president has the ability to carry your and my voice if elected? Absolutely, with the stroke of a pen to sign something into a law or the otherwise to veto it. So for you, where does income inequality rank? And if income inequality is not on your hit parade, number one, number two, number three, number five, number ten, what is? What do you want? What do you expect? What do you feel the candidate should be discussing? What is the most essential issue for you in America? What's number one? I say income inequality is. Agree or disagree with me and why? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. We have a wealth gap in America. That is a fact. That is a liberal piece of ideology or agenda. What's the best way? First of all, do you think we need to narrow it? And what is the best way to do it? 8886-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. That is the number. Let's go back to the phones. On line two in Buffalo is Dean. Dean, good afternoon. Um, Good afternoon. Great show, as always. Um, Income inequality is, of course... Uh, number one, because if, oh, God, I, I don't want to make this seem too basic, but if the middle class isn't able to support itself, we're not going to be able to uh, support the big industries and et cetera, et cetera. But I just want to add one uh, component. The, um, uh, the fact that so many college graduates are graduating with $25,000, $30,000 of debt. Now, if you don't think that that has a lot to do with people being on welfare, uh, government assistance. Well, uh, no, Dean, this is a good point you bring up. There are so many people out there, uh, many of which are on the right, that complain about how many people are on programs from the government, right? Welfare, Section 8 housing, food stamps. If we increase the minimum wage, if people make a decent working wage, if we stop shipping jobs overseas, if we create 
uh, jobs here, build factories here, bring jobs back here. If those rich people stop putting money overseas in Turkish bonds and other places like that and reinvest in America and the American people, develop products here, manufacture products here that we, the American people, will buy, increase the minimum wage so people have more money to buy the stuff here and to uh, stimulate the economy and then other countries buying our stuff, it's a win-win-win-win. But if we continue on the path that we are on, we will become another cog in the wheel of history. And we have seen historically that having a society where there are haves and have-nots, whether you look to France with Louis and Marie, or even to the United Kingdom in the time of Queen Victoria, that has never succeeded and has never helped As a matter of fact, those empires have fallen. Do we want the United States to fall because of our apathy over an issue that is a fact and a reality and that is growing only toward our demise? Because the middle class will not exist in years to come if we do not address this now. Anything else, Dean? I've got to take a break. Um, I I just want to say that, yeah, um, big businesses need to realize... So without uh, the middle class having uh, disposable income, the big businesses will have no profits. Uh, people don't understand. The, corp- the rich will still get richer if you increase minimum wage. The rich will still get richer if you spread the money around. The rich might even get richer faster if you let people buy the stuff that the rich are making, even if they're making it overseas. And we're back. I'm Leslie Marshall. Back to the calls in North Carolina, Line 5. Jeff is joining us. Jeff, is income inequality the number one issue to you as a voter? And if not, what is? Hi, hi Leslie. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, Jeff. Thanks um, for joining us. Well, you know, it's a very important issue. But me personally, I don't think it's the number one issue. Okay. What? Uh, what? what, what um, why don't you think it's the number one issue? And what is the number one issue for you? Well, because... Um, it is just a byproduct of a much larger problem in this country, such as voter suppression and gerrymandering. If we fix that and we get the politicians in that the public really want, then we can alleviate a lot of problems, including income inequality. But until we do that, nothing's going to change because we have the same politicians, the same corporate politicians in office, and they're not going to change these policies. They're just not. Well, well that's the, okay. I don't, although I may not agree with it uh, trumping income inequality, you make a very good case and a very good argument um, because we do see. Um, not uh, we we do see the gerrymandering, uh, you know, and redistricting um, that uh, re- results, especially in midterm elections, right. in redder portions of red states and more of an advantage uh, for one party, Republicans over the others, uh, Democrats. Um, certainly, we see that. Uh, we see, um, you know, voting rights being stripped away. I mean, we've seen that with you know a reduction of the uh, in, you know, the Voting Rights Act, and we have seen that. Uh, certainly um, with uh, the moving um, for especially uh, the elderly, lower income, and minority uh, right, pockets of the country. So you, you bring right. up some very good points. Yeah, but even a much larger issue, though, I think that leads to voter apathy. Because when people see that these politicians are... Uh, and, you know, you know, wait, that's, another, that's it, another thing. Even if you fix it, everything regarding the voting, you still get to get the voters out to vote. Right, right, and we need to change that. We need to make it a national holiday, for one. Um, you know, we should give people more time to vote. 
I'm in North Carolina. We've actually gotten rid of early early voting in some cases, which I think is ridiculous. I mean, it's just, it's just another form of voter suppression, though. That's all it is. All right. Thank you. Uh, I'm Manny gave us a call back, but Manny... Sweetheart, I'm out of time, love. I can't take your call. I'm so sorry. Uh, We are going to be back uh, tomorrow. How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it. Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice cold can of Coca-Cola energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive. Show up every day with Coca-Cola energy. Energy you want, taste you love. How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it. Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice cold can of Coca-Cola energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive. Show up every day with Coca-Cola energy. Energy you want, taste you love.